Yo, what's happening, everybody? My name is Anthony Carrenti, and thank you, as always, for checking out another episode of the Dynasty Drive. I appreciate all of the support, as always. If you're new to listening to this podcast, if you would consider subscribing to the show or following the podcast on whatever podcast provider you're listening on, you can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Drive. You can follow the show on Instagram at the Dynasty Drive, and you can like the show on Facebook if that's your preferred social network as well. Uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to hit pause on some of the rookie talk that we've been working through. On last week's show, we talked some of the top 2022 wide receivers uh, set to be part of the NFL draft class. But with the fantasy season over and the NFL playoffs here, it's startup draft season, right? You see startup drafts all over the place right now. I'm in one myself. You see screenshots of people's rosters that they're drafting all over the place on Twitter and everywhere else. Dynasty fans all over the place are bitten by the startup bug, as always. Uh, so there's plenty of drafting going on right now. So on today's show, what I'm going to do is just by myself solo run through a startup mock draft scenario. Uh, for the purposes of this mock, excuse me, of this mock, it'll be super flex, tight end premium. So it'll be quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, two flex spots, and a super flex spot. I will be drafting from the seven slot, so from the 107. Uh, no bench, no kicker, no defense for the sake of time. So just be filling out this starting roster. And uh, we'll see how it goes. I'll be running the mock on sleeper. Uh, like I said, I'll be drafting from the 107. Nobody else in this, just computer generated. So we'll see what sleepers, uh, ADP data, and algorithm spits out. And we'll see how our roster looks at the end of this, drafting from the seventh slot. So I'm going to hit start on this mock draft. And the sixth, the six picks before me, so with the 101, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Patrick Mahomes goes second overall. Justin Jefferson, third overall. Lamar Jackson with the fourth pick. Justin Herbert with the fifth pick. And Najee Harris with the sixth pick. So this is pretty easy for me to figure out what I want to do here. Um, in Superflex, in round one, I often think in Superflex formats, you've got kind of a two-fold approach, right? It's quarterback heavy early, like go quarterback, quarterback, or quarterback, running back anchor in the second round, and then quarterback in the third round. Or kind of take those premier position players in the top two rounds and fill in the uh, fill in the holes, you know, later on at the quarterback spots with guys that you might be able to get a little bit later, whether that's you know somebody like a Matthew Stafford or in that kind of mold. In this spot, it gets easier for me because somebody that I view as a premier option at the quarterback position is available. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Josh Allen here with the seventh overall pick so i'm gonna take josh allen uh look josh allen is coming off of another monster year quarterback one in back-to-back -back seasons he's 25 years old doesn't show any signs of slowing down uh he's he's a monster right now for real life purposes for fantasy purposes if josh allen is the guy that i can hang my hat on as the number one quarterback on my roster i feel pretty good about that uh, right now, Josh Allen is my quarterback two in dynasty rankings. So the only player I have ahead of him at the quarterback position is Patrick Mahomes. So if I can land him, if you know, with two other quarterbacks going off the board ahead of him, I feel really good about landing Josh Allen in the middle of the first round in a startup draft. And it's a player who's good enough that doesn't make me feel pigeonholed into the fact that do I have to address quarterback 
consecutively. Like sometimes at the back around one, you get that feeling of like, I have to go quarterback twice in a row so I could shore it up. Josh Allen's good enough that if I have a slightly lesser uh, or slightly less talented player at the position uh, at my next pick, I don't feel terrible about that given I have somebody I view as a top two option at the position. So after I took Josh Allen, Kyler Murray goes off the board with 108. Jamar Chase at 109. He's not going to make it out of the first round anywhere, I don't think. Joe Burrow at 110, which I think is a screaming value. I love Joe Burrow. Christian McCaffrey, 111, which is interesting to me. And DeAndre Swift at the 112 to round out uh, the first round. So interesting that uh, Christian McCaffrey goes ahead of a lot of these other guys. I would imagine that probably changes in some of the startups you're doing or will change over the course of the offseason. At the turn here with the 201, we got Devontae Adams and then Javante Williams coming off the board nice and early. Uh, Alvin Kamara after that at 203. Austin Eckler, 204. CeeDee Lamb at 205. And that puts me on the board at the 206. So hmm, there's, there's some interesting players available here. Some good running back talent. Some good wide receiver talent. Uh, all the tight ends if we opt to go that route. But I think I'm going to steer clear of going tight end super early and see who falls. Uh, and I think what I'm going to do is, man, you know, all the running backs I really wanted to anchor, like Javante, if he made it to me, would have been my guy. Uh, what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to go wide receiver and I'm going to go ahead and take Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek Hill um, is one of those guys that it's like <laughs> we've gotten so used to him being a great option and it's dynasty. So I know it's fun to move the younger guys ahead of him. Tyreek Hill is still great. Uh, he's still a top four wide receiver for me in dynasty. I don't see any reason to fade him there or to not take him. Uh, I'm really happy to take him there. I think he's still got a lot of productive years left in him. And in the middle of the second round feels like a good value and somebody that you can build your wide receiver core around. So after Tyreek is my selection at two Oh six, We've got Dalvin Cook at 207, which, you know, a year ago would have seemed crazy, but, you know, running backs get older and they start to slip. Dak Prescott at 208, A.J. Brown at 209, Derek Henry at 210, Joe Mixon 211, and D.K. Metcalf 212. Uh, so takeaways there for the rest of the wide, for the rest of those picks. It's a little early, I think, for me for D.K. Metcalf at this point. Uh, there's other wide receivers specifically that I'd rather have over DK. I've cooled on him a little bit from a fantasy perspective. Uh, not that he's a bad player by any means, but there's other wide receivers I'd rather have ahead of him at the running back position. You're seeing some of those like last premier options come off the board. The guys that even though they might be getting a little bit older, Dalvin cook, Derek Henry, those guys um, they're coming off the board and we're starting to get into more of that questionable. How are you going to, address that position without somebody you feel really confident about getting all of the work there. So to start the third round, Cooper cup goes 301. Uh, I really, really like that. Especially I would like that if that was your first wide receiver drafted on your team. In this case of team one, uh, he's got, he went back to back DK and Cooper cup, but I'd flip those and be just as happy, but I guess it doesn't matter when you're on the turn, right? So Cooper cup 301 Debo Samuel 302. He seems to pretty consistently be going in either the second or third round right now, which is, awesome for him Debo's a great player I don't have a problem with the value at all but it's pretty funny that a year ago when everybody was convinced he was super super injury prone he was going as late as the 10th round um, but I'm glad he stayed healthy and balled out this year because he's definitely talented enough to be selected in the second or third round 
So Debo 302, Nick Chubb 303, Saquon Barkley 304, which is crazy. You know, all these guys ahead of Saquon, but that's what happens after you underperform. Uh, Kyle Pitts, the first tight end off the board at 305, and Antonio Gibson at 306. So that brings me back up at 307. Um, we could go quarterback again here, but I'm going to be honest, I don't love it uh, with what's left. I feel like I can wait a little bit longer and like the uh, like the value a little bit better. There's some interesting running backs available, some returning from injury, uh, and some that are just you know less exciting than this next, the group that we could just kind of work through. Or... You know, we double down and take another really high-level wide receiver uh, and build out that stud receiving core and address running back in maybe a round or two. So, hmm, you know, that's a that's a tough call. I think what I'm going to do right here is I'm going to go ahead and take Stefan Diggs here at the 307. Um, I really like the value on Stefan Diggs there as well. Stefan Diggs coming off another good year. Um, it felt like people were disappointed early on, but another top 10 wide receiver season. I think he finished as a wide receiver seven in PPR. And I like the stack there, right? Like I'm a big fan of stack the quarterback and wide receiver when I can. So I like the stack of Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs there. Um, that feels pretty good. And I have a, a pretty great stud wide receiver duo. Sure, I'd like normally a running back that I feel good about anchoring my team with earlier than this. I uh, don't necessarily love the idea of fading running back until the fourth or fifth round, but you got to adjust to the way the board falls and kind of stay fluid with all that stuff. So after I take Stefan Diggs at 307, uh, we get a little bit of a tight end run here and a little bit of a quarterback run also. So some of those receipt or running backs we might have been eyeing up should slip, but quarterback thinning out with some of the borderline QB1 options. So at 308, Travis Kelsey. 309, J.K. Dobbins returning from the injury, but still makes it into the third round. Jalen Hurts at 310, George Kittle 311, and Trevor Lawrence at the 312 to round out round three. At the turn there, at the 401, we pick things back up with tight end Mark Andrews from Baltimore, which Mark Andrews, um, we were talking about this on the Dynasty Draft Room recently, but Mark Andrews has no business being as undervalued as he still is. It's crazy. He has been great, but Mark Andrews at the 401, I really, really like that value. Trey Lance at the 402, uh, presumably him being the starter there moving forward. So Trey Lance at the 402, Jalen Waddle at the 403, that's who I was really hoping would make it back to us. Chris Godwin at the 404, and Russell Wilson at the 405. So the wide receiver, that if I was going to go wide receiver, three consecutive picks uh, that I was hoping would make it back to us was Jalen Waddle. Obviously, that didn't happen, so we'll kind of stand pat there. Um, what I will do, though, now that, you know, we have gone an extra round and, you know, we didn't reach for the quarterback in round three, but four more went off the board, right, since we picked, um, since we took Stefan Diggs. Hertz, Lawrence, Lance, and Russell Wilson all went off the board. So I've got my one young quarterback. Josh Allen, still young, has a lot of good years left. I'm going to go ahead and address my super flex spot with a guy that, you know, maybe some people will say it's a reach the people that, you know, only look at age, but I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers there with the four Oh six. Um, I know it's early enough in the off season that like, yeah, there's a chance Aaron Rodgers wins it all and retires or who knows where he plays. What I do know is that I think he'll play next season. 
whether that's in Green Bay or someplace else, if you know he ends up getting moved to the Broncos or wherever. What I do know is Aaron Rodgers has played at an MVP level again this season, and if he's the second quarterback on my roster to fill out my super flex spot, I feel great about that. So we've gone exclusively quarterback and wide receiver. Our roster so far, Josh Allen at quarterback, Tyree Kill and Stephon Diggs at wide receiver, and Aaron Rodgers at quarterback to fill out that super flex spot. So after we took Rodgers at 406, that gives us uh, brings us to Cam Akers coming off the board at 407. Followed by Deontay Johnson at 408, T. Higgins at 409, Matthew Stafford at 410, Ezekiel Elliott at 411, David Montgomery at 412, and uh, round the turn here into the fifth round, Aaron Jones at the 501, Terry McLaurin at the 502, Justin Fields at 503, Darren Waller at the 504, uh, DJ Moore at the 505, and Calvin Ridley at the 506. So some takeaways there. Um, Cam Akers obviously coming back from the injury, but seems like he's going to work his way back into being all right. So I, I think that could be a nice a nice value there if you get Cam in the fourth round of startups. I don't know how consistently that'll happen. Um, the what the running excuse me the quarterbacks again we see Matthew Stafford go end of round four, Justin Fields go beginning of round five. That's why I like getting Rodgers middle of round four. Not that I dislike Matthew Stafford, but I like Aaron Rodgers more, at least in the short term. And in a startup scenario, I want to win a championship within the first two years, right? And I think Rodgers gives me a really good chance to do that in the first year. Stafford's a good consolation prize. But I had a feeling that what both of those guys weren't going to make it back to the fifth round. Um, the running backs after Cam Akers, like Ezekiel Elliott and David Montgomery, I'm kind of out on Zeke in startups. Um, that's just kind of my preference. There's other players I'd rather target at the running back position. And I'm saying that as somebody that hasn't selected any running backs in this mock so far, but that's just the way that it fell. Montgomery, I think is fine. And Aaron Jones at the 501 is good, but I, I have a feeling that the days of like highlight Aaron Jones being the lead guy there are done. We're going to see more and more of AJ Dillon getting involved and being a, a big, big piece of that backfield. Terry McLaurin, again, nice player, but I think that value is going to come down a little bit. Personally, I think Terry McLaurin, and I know he's played with pretty much nothing but bad quarterbacks. Um, and, you know, we always say he's quarterback proof, but I think he might just be what he is. And that's fine, but that's a guy that finishes as a wide receiver too. So not bad. And, you know, we're getting half, you know, into the fifth round. So halfway through these 10 rounds that we're going to draft, that's fine. Um, but, I just don't think the upside is Terry McLaurin as like a wide receiver one for dynasty that was getting touted uh, a year or so ago is really there anymore. Uh, I like the D Darren Waller pick the DJ Moore pick and Calvin Ridley, you know, fingers crossed that he's all right and gets back on the field because he's a great player. And if he gets back out there, Calvin Ridley in the fifth round is a very fun value to say the least. I feel like we're going to have to take a running back soon, but it's just like, this is turning into a like a pseudo zero RB build, and I didn't really have anticipation of that happening. But hey, that's the way uh, that's the way it's going right now because the talent level at wide receiver is just so much bigger than what's at uh, at running back currently. Um, geez, you know, I really think I'm gonna have to go ahead and and take another wide receiver because. There's a guy looking at me right in the face, and I think I have to take Keenan Allen, Los Angeles Chargers, uh, Keenan Allen there in the fifth round. Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill gives you a trio of wide receivers. 
So that's our two starting wide receivers and one of our flex spots, guys that are all the lead guy on their team. And, you know, okay, Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, whoever you want to label as the lead guy there. But three guys that are consistently able to put up potential wide receiver one weeks. So uh, still no running backs on the squad, no tight end, but we're locked up at wide receiver and at quarterback. Uh, and I like it. The running back depth is not going to be great, um, but we'll try and uh, all pretty much all the guys I was hoping would make it back to us just went off the board. So after 507, where we took Keenan Allen, we have DeAndre Hopkins at 508, Michael Pittman at 509, two running backs back to back here. We got Josh Jacobs at 510, Travis Etienne at 511, and then Tua Tungavailoa at 512. Uh, I really like that value on Tua, actually, especially if he's your second quarterback. Uh, I love Tua in my second quarterback spot. I'm a big Tua guy, and I think the arrow is pointing up on Tua. I think he showed a lot of promise this year, and I think he'll continue to kind of grow in the right direction. I'm not super worried about them moving on from him or anything after Brian Flores got fired, and it seems like the front office and ownership is still backing Tua. Uh, at the turn here at 601, we got Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Deshaun Watson at 602. There's the wild card of the draft, right? Could be a massive steal. Leonard Fournette at the 603, which is... Uh, Leonard Fournette is a buy for me in Dynasty, honestly, right now, and I mentioned that someplace else because I think even if he just comes back on a one-year deal with the Bucks, he was great this year when he was out there, so uh, I, I like that a lot. TJ Hawkinson at the 604, and then Mike Evans, consistently the most underrated wide receiver in fantasy football, it seems, at the 605. So we're back up at the 606. Uh, man, I, it, it's almost like you feel like you have to take a running back. Um, yeah, so what I'll do is I will take a running back. I'm going to take Elijah Mitchell from the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, you know, gets drafted in 2021 outperforms the earlier draft pick in Trey Sermon. And, you know, we all know about the San Francisco 49ers run game and how good it can be and how productive it can be. But sometimes there's concerns about, you know, uh, them committing to that one player. But he missed time this year due to injury, you know, not due to getting benched or anything like that. He missed time, still finished as, you know, a borderline RB2, even with missing a handful of games. He only played in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 11 games. Um, but in the games he did play, I mean, he got work, 21 carries, 21 carries, 22 carries, 27 carries, 27 carries, 18 carries, 18 carries. When he was out there, they gave him the work. And Trey Sermon was hurt, and other guys were banged up. Obviously, no Raheem Mostert. And they could always add another player. But at this point in the draft, where I've faded running back so far, uh, I feel best about him getting consistent workload over some of the other options that are left. So I'll put Elijah Mitchell in there as my RB1. Um, normally I'd like a more solidified, you know, borderline star player, but, uh, we're going to balance that with really good quarterbacks and a really, really loaded wide receiver group. So we'll take the, the short end of the stick at running back. So after we take Mitchell at six Oh six, Michael Carter goes at six Oh seven. And that's a good dynamic because I like Michael Carter a lot and I'm a Jets fan. So maybe I'm a little biased, but, um, Elijah Mitchell, excuse me, Elijah Mitchell, compared to Michael Carter, Elijah Mitchell feels like a guy that could easily run away with that backfield again. Michael Carter, for me, feels like a guy who was really, really good this year and really good at times for fantasy, but I think the Jets will be uh, more in on adding another running back than anybody really wants to admit right now. 
and that'll hinder Michael Carter's value a little bit at least. Not saying he'll be a bad player for fantasy, but just those players back-to-back, I think Elijah Mitchell gives me the more likely outcome to uh, to see consistent workload at the running back position. After Michael Carter, 608 was Devonta Smith, Mac Jones at 609, Amari Cooper at the 610, Elijah Moore at the 611, I love that, Tom Brady at the 612. Tom Brady, I know he's old, whatever, but Tom Brady is just a screaming value in these drafts every year. If you want to win a championship, draft Tom Brady in your startup because you can address premier positions earlier and pencil Tom Brady in at one of your quarterback spots later. Dallas Goddard at the turn on the 701, A.J. Dillon at the 702, I do like that, and then Hollywood Brown at the 703, Michael Thomas at the 704, which who knows how that'll shake out, but could be a huge value. Uh, Jerry Judy at the 705, always a fan of Judy, and Brandon Ayuk at the 706. So that puts us back up at seven, uh, the 707. We have, again, just to recap, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, Tyree Kill, Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen at wide receiver, and Elijah Mitchell as our lone running back. Um, so there's some running backs that feel okay, like we we could pencil them in there. Um, but I think we can wait it out just a little bit longer and see how it works. Uh, this is interesting, man. This is a, an interesting group that we got here. All right, it's hard because, you know, we're not filling out bench spots, so we don't need to reach for another quarterback. We're just filling out a starting roster. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and take... I'm going to take Damian Harris. I am going to take another running back. I'm going to take Damian Harris as my RB2. Uh, Between him and Elijah Mitchell, it won't be the most exciting backfield, but it could be a pretty reliable, consistent backfield. Um, You know, Harris could lose some work some more additional work to Ramondre Stevenson. But Harris this year finished in in PBR formats just outside the top 12. Uh, He was really good this year, Uh, really good. Just under 1,000 yards, but 15 touchdowns. Uh, You love that. He's a guy, the Patriots are going to continue to run the ball, even if he seeds some more work to Ramondre Stevenson. I think he'll still get enough work uh, to warrant you know, RB2 play a lot of weeks and we're short at running back and it's only getting thinner from here on out. So I'll take Damian Harris there. We'll fill our two running back spots and we'll probably take, a, you know, another couple wide receivers to fill out those flex spots. So after we take Harris, that gives us Miles Sanders, excuse me, Miles Sanders at the 708, James Conner at the 709, Noah Fant at the 710, Chase Claypool 711, Rashad Bateman 712, and then around the turn, James Robinson, the 801, Darnell Mooney, the 802, Tony Pollard at the 803, Kareem Hunt at the 804, and Tyler Lockett at the 805. So we've got three picks left to make in this draft. This one at 806, and then one at 907, and one at 106 to wrap this thing up. Let's take a look at who's out there at tight end. Uh, some guys that are really interesting from a dynasty perspective, but some of them question marks regarding free agency, right? Pat Fryermuth's out there. I love Fryermuth. Uh, Dawson Knox is out there, but we already have the Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen stack, so I don't know how much we want roped up into that Bills passing attack. Mike Gasicki headed to free agency. Dalton Schultz headed to free agency. Or we could look at somebody like Hunter Henry. Uh, at the wide receiver position, there's still some good players out there. 
both from a value perspective and from a, you know, youth dynasty focused perspective. Uh, what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to take one of my, one of my guys a little bit here. I'm on Ra St. Brown with the 806. Uh, I think I'm on Ra. I think the floor really is a top 36 wide receiver. I don't think it's a mirage or anything like that, that excuse me, that he got this amount of work or was this productive, but solely because Hawkinson wasn't out there and Swift was banged up. Sure. I mean, target numbers are inflated, but you earn targets, right? Like that's what we always hear. Targets aren't just, you don't just walk into them. Earning targets is a thing too. So uh, I think even if they add another player there on the perimeter or even with uh, Hawkinson returning and a healthy Swift, Amon Ross showed that he's a dude. And as our fourth wide receiver, uh, that's somebody that I'll, I'll happily play in a flex spot with three very, very good wide receivers ahead of him. So after we take Amon Ra, we've got Kirk Cousins at the 807. Always about like Kirk Cousins, the most boring quarterback in these formats, but like that's great value if you punted quarterback, you know, not from the beginning, but if you punted quarterback at like your second quarterback spot and you can get Kirk as your quarterback too at that spot. I love that. Hunter Renfro, the 808, after his big year. Mike Williams, the 809. Dawson Knox and Pat Fryermuth then go 810 and 811. Uh, Zach Wilson at the 812 and then around the turn Allen Robinson the 901 uh, Ryan Tannehill the 902 Juju Smith-Schuster the 903 Cortland Sutton the 904 Chase Edmonds the 905 and Mike Gasicki the 906 so this might force our hands a little bit here Um, three of the four tight ends that we just brought up went off the board before we pick and I don't want to miss all the people or all the players I'm excited about so I am going to go tight end I am going to take Dalton Schultz um Dalton Schultz balled out a little bit this year and really balled out the year before. And nobody really talked about it that much and just kind of, I don't want to say everybody because there was plenty, there was people who said that, you know, it would be his position this year, but there's plenty of people who thought Blake Jarwin coming back from injury would kind of make uh, Dalton Schultz not necessarily be a thing. But Dalton Schultz last year in PPR was the tight end 11. He's the tight end three this year has over 800 receiving yards, over a hundred targets in that Dallas offense is headed to free agency, I think, is a player that could potentially get the bag in free agency. Uh, somebody could really look to pay him handsomely if the Cowboys opt to you know, not franchise tag him or can't come to an agreement with him. But even if he stays in Dallas, I mean, there's the production, right? He, got, he had that production alongside CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper. So even if he stays in Dallas, Dalton Schultz is my tight end. I'm happy with that. After Dalton Schultz, we get... Ramondre Stevenson at the 908, Kadarius Tony at the 909, Brandon Cooks at the 910. Stop undervaluing Brandon Cooks, guys. Stop it. All he does is produce. This was the year where everybody was like, oh, no, Brandon Cooks is not going to do it with Davis Mills. And guess what? He had 134 targets, 90 catches, 1,000 yards, and six touchdowns. It's the same Brandon Cooks season he always has. The year before, 81 catches, 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. The year before, okay, he was hurt. He had 42 catches for 583. But the year before that, 80 for 1,200, 65 for 1,000, 78 for 1,173, 84 for 1,138. Stop undervaluing Brandon Cooks. It happens every year. It's crazy. He's 28, okay, so he's not 25, 26, 24, whatever young age you want a wide receiver to be. But he produces every single year. And this year was like the most gross year it could have been. Nobody wanted any shares of Houston. Brandon Cooks was always going to be a big value. 
don't let him be that big of a value again. Um, he's going to be a good player, and that's just all he's ever been, really. Brandon, sorry, not to go on a Brandon Cook's rant, but Brandon Cook's at the 9-10, Adam Thielen at the 9-11, Michael Gallup at the 9-12. Hopefully he can make a full recovery. DJ Chark at the 10-01, Odell Beckham at the 10-02. If Odell Beckham made it back, that would have been my pick because uh, he's showing some bounce back in his new life with the Rams. Cordero Patterson at the 10-03. We'll see what next year holds for him if he can kind of continue what he was this year. Carson Wentz at the 10-04, and Miles Gaskin at the 10-05. So that brings us to our last pick. Our picks so far, just to recap, Josh Allen in the first round, Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs in the second and third round, and then we went back to quarterback with Aaron Rodgers in the fourth round. Keenan Allen in the fifth round, back-to-back running backs with Elijah Mitchell and Damian Harris in the sixth and seventh round, and then Amon Ross St. Brown in the eighth round, and Dalton Schultz in the ninth round. So we've got one more flex spot to fill out and uh it's getting you know it starts to get thinner here i don't think it'll be a running back Uh, you know i think i do know who it's gonna be definitely won't be a running back um i shouldn't say i definitely know who it's gonna be because i might be changing my mind now (laughs) the running backs are pretty thinned out there's some you know young upside receivers but i really think the receiver that i'm gonna go with and I like the player, so I don't want this to sound like a slight to the player, but I really, I just love the situation. I love what he's attached to. I'm going to go ahead and take Tyler Boyd. Um, always productive. He's not going to be your wide receiver one or anything like that, but he's always going to be in that wide receiver two to three fringe. Uh, had almost 900 yards receiving again this year and um, is just a pretty productive player. And as our fifth wide receiver, I think you could do a lot worse than somebody like Tyler Boyd. Now, to wrap out this draft, after we took Tyler Boyd, Rondell Moore, the 1007, that's too early for me. Alexander Madison, the 1008, Daryl Henderson, the 1009, Robert Woods, the 1010, Christian Kirk, the 1011, which will be interesting to see what happens with him in free agency, and then Hunter Henry um, at the 1012. So, again, to recap, that gives us Josh Allen in our quarterback spot, Elijah Mitchell, and Damian Harris in our running back spots, Tyreek Hill. Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen in our three wide receiver spots. We've got Dalton Schultz at tight end, Amon Rossine Brown and Tyler Boyd in our flex spots, and Aaron Rodgers in our super flex spot. I feel pretty good about that roster. Running back isn't as tight or as strong as I'd like it to be, but wide receiver is so strong in my opinion that it balances it out a little bit, especially with those super high-level quarterbacks. So there you go. That'll do it. That's just a, a quick 10-round mock for uh, starting lineup in a super flex tight end premium. Obviously a million different ways you could go about it. I just kind of randomly picked the draft spot in the first round and went from there. Strategies will change whether you're early on later on or how you personally want to prioritize it. But this is just one way I wanted to show with going quarterback early, both quarterback spots semi early and kind of filling out the roster from there. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, again, like I said at the beginning, I appreciate all the support as always If you would consider subscribing or following the podcast, if you're not already, if you could leave a review or rate five stars, that stuff means a lot and is helpful to the show. Uh, And again, you can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Drive, like the show on Instagram, or excuse me, follow the show on Instagram at the Dynasty Drive, and you can like the show on Facebook. And we will be back with more of the Dynasty Drive next week. And we'll talk to you guys then. Thanks. Thanks.